seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit World. What is up? What is up? What is, do you know how many ways you can say what is up? And it's still, it like means different things. So like, what's up, man? Yeah. What is up, man? Or Here, do a new one. Can you name the things that are higher than us? <laughs> exactly. And then there's literal Rohit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'll say it this way. What is up, Rohit? What have you been up to in this uh, in this past week? Oh man, well it's been a very very busy work week, but I did take the time to hop in my car and do a little solo road trip to a little wine piece of wine country in Central California, known as Paso Robles. It's, we love the place; been there a million times. But uh, yeah, there was a uh, one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band of all time, Interpol, was playing. Who in a I've very- seen with you? I've seen Interpol with you. You have? Oh yes, you have. Yeah, we just did. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, so this was maybe two months ago. I saw Interpol with Rohit yeah. three months ago. Whoops. So he already, and he already forgot. And I've seen them no less than a dozen times in my life. It's, you know, since the early 2000s. And um, they uh, they were great. And I, they played in a small amphitheater. The band Spoon opened for them. And that was oh, a throwback. Wow. Yeah, so it was, it was a great show. I didn't know that they had an amphitheater that had cool music in Paso Robles. And it's like a really small place and outdoors and it's great. So just quick question. So going to Paso Robles on your own, doing the drive, then experiencing what is Paso Robles. And for those who don't know, it's uh, culturally different than like Los Angeles. Um, It's a red, uh, red part of California. Um, I love it too. I love so what was that all like and, and what, you know, what kind of things did you do on your own getting, getting involved in the Paso Robles culture? So what I did, well, first of all, I checked in and then I, you know, I was able to get a reservation at a place called Hatch, which is like, I guess, generally harder to get into. But because I'm one person rolling solo, showing up at 6 p.m. on a Wednesday, I was able to get <laughs> like a seat at the bar. And I made a friend named Wyatt there who sat next to me. He was a local. Then I went to um, Speakeasy, was able to get in because I'm just one person, got a seat, had a cocktail. Then I took an Uber to the uh, amphitheater. I get there. I'm like, oh, shit, this is so small, whatever. I'm hanging out. Um, Spoon was great. I bought some merch in between. And then this is before the main act, Interpol. They shut down like half the drink stands and like the wine was all shut down. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So then I, I, I ran into these two dudes named Mikey and Omar. And um, they were, you know, Mikey had big, long, flowy hair. Omar had like, you know, he was just like, yeah, they're both like just like dudes. Um, and they had eight beers between the two of them. I was like, good for you guys. They're like, you want one? I was like, yeah. I was like, so I gave him 10 bucks for a beer, which is great. Um, three of us hung out. I made friends with them. Then I went down to see Interpol start um, and then it was great, you know, I'm down to the pit and like, you know, 25 feet away from the band, it's great. Um, kind of jamming, and then my whole sort of section, uh, like the part of our crowd, we're all just kind of going nuts and dancing and moving the whole time. And the 
then I started making friends with all the people that were around me. And then on the way home, this is what got fucked up. Okay, so apparently, I was warned, but apparently it was really true. There are no Ubers to be found after certain hours, especially at the end of this concert. I walked from the amphitheater about a half mile down to the, or quarter mile to the highway. And on the highway, I tried calling an Uber for about, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes out of cars. My phone battery's at 3%, okay? And then these, this is crazy. these three guys walk up to me, and I'm just gonna be really quick. Three guys walk up to me. One guy's like, yo, what's up? What's your name? And, and like, obviously they were waiting for a car too, walked all the way to the highway to try and get that. I'm already trying to hitchhike at this point. Got my thumb up. Um, <laughs> and the one guy was like, yo, you should ride with us. I was like, oh, no sweat. You know, I'm still trying, whatever. Yeah, but thank you. Then two minutes later, his buddy walks up. He's like, yo, man, you're not riding with us. I'm like, what? Okay, I don't care. He's like, I hope you understand, but yeah, yeah, I don't know you. You're not riding with us. I'm like, okay, buddy. I don't, like, what? Yeah, I was like, okay. Um, and so I then messaged my driver because they're still waiting for cars. Like, if you get here, I'm don't pick up the three douchebags um, that are next to me. I'm waiting by this, like, you know, the stationary light thing. So anyway, these guys get picked up. My car is right down the street. I see it. And then these three other dudes come up to me. And they're like <laughs> all like, you know, probably in their 40s. And they're like these like surfer dudes are like, hey, man, we're going to take the two hour walk back to town. You want to join us? And I was like, actually. And at this moment, my car's right up. You can hop in the backseat of this Uber with me and I'll just take you back down to town. Um, and so, yeah, they took and I reload. I readjusted the ride from my hotel to the saloon in the bar. I was like, by the way, yeah, you guys are going to buy me drinks. And, and so <laughs> Pine get, Street Saloon. Yeah, the, the Pine, infamous Pine the Street infamous Saloon. Infamous Pine Street Saloon. We got there, there's music playing, a whole bunch of people from the show were there, and it was great. Um, and yeah, I got up early in the morning, drove right back to work as if it never happened. And it's a great MAGA bar. Oh, big time. Big time. Which it's okay. It's okay to go to a place that maybe isn't what you are about because it's fun to experience different cultures and the Pine Street Saloon is very fun. Oh yeah. I mean, it's so fun that it made me MAGA after having a great time there. MAGA Rohit. Yeah. Well, I, I just got to congratulate you. That's an amazing experience. Thank Those you. solo adventures are the yeah. things in life we cherish, cherish most. It's true. And thank you for having a true adventure during the, uh, what is it? The bomb shelter that we're in still? Yeah. So thanks for letting me take up the first six minutes of this podcast with that asinine story. Well, no, it's the uh, only thing I can compare during the bomb shelter before we move to topic one is on Saturday night, someone told me to go to this house up Laurel Canyon and I went and then I joined a band for a little bit and I was the bongo player and I was like on the stage <laughs> playing the like the bongos <laughs> with a band i should share a video i haven't put a video up of please it. do but i i joined a band for a bit and it was awesome i got all what, sweaty and i was bongoing the hell out of this jam band what kind of music like jammy like fish style kind of things not fit no more modern like just jam out like like modern peanut Motown-y. butter jelly time that kind of jam <laughs> exactly yeah. so I, i'll put a video i was i was in the band and i was just like doing all my best uh, drum beats that I know from high school. <laughs> well, I, I hope uh, I hope you got lots of underwear thrown at you from the stage onto the stage. Um, yeah, I did. It was male Hanes. Oh, yes. With white skid with skid marks on brown skid marks on white. All skid marks yeah, and holes <laughs> in the crotch. Well, and speaking of skid marks and underwear, there's sizes of underwear, right, Rohit? Yeah. Oh man, let's that that what an excellent transition to our first topic. Aaron is the master of the transition, um, <laughs> and the segue. 
So yes, my first topic, you know, again, new listeners will learn this. Old listeners know this. I sometimes tend to kick off our hopeful show with really dark topics. Um, and this one, dark. maybe you can determine if it's dark or not. But I'm facing a crisis right now, Aaron. Mm. It's a serious crisis. And it's been bothering me for a while. Okay. And I feel there's many of us listeners that are going through the exact same crises. Yeah, um, okay, I'm ready for it. This is going to be bad. So every year I upgrade my iPhone. <laughs> and, oh, boy. Yeah. And yeah, people far and wide can relate. Okay? Yeah, I'm relatable. So, you know... It's <laughs> every year people upgrade their iPhones and I've been on like the, you know, I always get the iPhone pro, right? This year it's a 14 pro. However, I'm contemplating going back to the max. I used to have an iPhone seven plus that larger size. Wait, is the max, the huge one max is the huge one. So I ordered both. One of them arrived, the smaller one. And I'm just having trouble deciding. I like to use my phone one hand I'm walking my dog. And I can text with like just my thumb. I can like reach from the top right corner um, to address things. And even like with the new dynamic island uh, feature, which is like they, they got rid of the notch and just kind of did a whole punch and made the whole notch expand and shrink and kind of do all like be all animated and shit. It's super Whoa. sick. It's like ridiculously cool. Um, it's only on the pro. Um, but yeah, but then again, having a big phone makes it feel newer and bigger. And it's also a bigger screen, but it's much, it's impossible to use one handed for the most part. Um, but it just feels nicer. And I don't know what to do, Aaron. And this is my I can give topic. you hope immediately. Okay. I can give you hope immediately because I also just got the new phone because we're relatable. This is all about being relatable. <laughs> this is all about being as relatable as possible to everybody. So I also, I can relate. I also <laughs> just got the new phone. Uh, and to me, it's a no-brainer. A no-brainer. Phones aren't computers. They're not iPad. Again, relatable because... Everyone should have all of the all of them. Yeah, uh, is uh, the iPhone is meant to be a phone. It's meant to be something you can hold in your hand. You can do something else with your other hand while you're on your phone. The like Pro what? Ma yeah, oh. <laughs> we're relatable again. Relatability here. And I believe wholeheartedly that the iPhone Pro Max is stupid. It's too big. It doesn't make sense. It's like, I want to be active. I want to be able to, again, like just be on my phone one hand. Like, I mean, I guess if you have gigantic hands, the max you can do in one hand, like I, you know, my hands are just regular. I yeah, guess. Yeah. You got normal, you got normal hands. I have normal hands. Uh, and so I just think it's a no brainer. You want the iPhone pro. The functionality and what it offers is basically the same from what I've this read. year. It's actually 100% identical. The so there's no reason there's like literally the bigger one adds there. nothing. I've already made your decision for you. You will be unhappy with the Mac. I probably will. I mean, this this current one is just it's so comfortable. It's like it's the you're perfect answering size. yourself. Mm -hmm. You're answering you. You are fulfilling your own hope. I mean, you I don't know, know what Aaron, going to Paso Robles did to your brain. Um, but to me, this is an easy decision. Maybe yeah. you're still a little hazy from the uh, wind. I think there, it was all the vegetables. Yeah. All the vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another thing I want to talk about. Um, no, I'm just going to save that for the Hope in 60. Okay. So we made your decision. Hope gong that. I'm hope gonging it. Bong. 
Bong. <laughs> Bong. Easy Thank you, decision. Aaron. Honestly, you did make my decision just now, then. Yeah, it's easy. Send that other one back. You don't want it. And uh, so, well, speaking of wanting it, because these are just the best, I mean, the best transitions possible, our sports update. So, in baseball, there is a debate that's going on on Twitter and different shows and stuff about the MVP. Mm hmm. Aaron Judge, who is having a historic season, one of the best seasons ever. Ever. And without him, the Yankees would be trash. With him, they're going to win the division, most likely. And then there's Shohei Otani, who's on a team that is trash, but he is a very good, not one of the best, but a very good pitcher and a very good hitter. So he's very, very good at both. And the Angels are going nowhere. To me... This debate, it's kind of a debate slash sports update. This debate is a no-brainer of who should win MVP. But I'll ask you first who you think. I think as Shohei Otani is probably my favorite player in baseball, and I think we've talked about in the past. However, I think this goes to Aaron Judge. He is literally first in every single offensive stat that exists right now. Also, there's something interesting, Aaron, for you. The difference in OPS between Aaron Judge um, and his OPS is 208, and Shohei Otani is 148. Uh, there's an, Aaron Judge is first, Shohei Otani is ninth. Or OPS plus, I think it's called. OPS right? plus, sorry, sorry, OPS plus. Which, don't ask us to um, explain what it is, but it's better to have more of it. Yes, you, you like OPS, yes, plus. Um, that difference between one and nine, between Judge and Otani, is the same difference um, you know, that's 208 minus 148, which is 60. Um, that 60 OPS plus point difference is the same as the difference between Shohei Otani and Isaiah Kiner Falefa, <laughs> who's at 88, right? Um, so that is just how much of a gap these two have. And when it comes to MVP, again, I am a showy truther, but is he the best pitcher in baseball? No. Is he the best hitter in baseball? No. There you go. But he does. And, yeah. and does his team suck? An MVP, most valuable player. It's are you making your team really good? And Shohei Otani, he's great, but he has not made the Angels really good. And Aaron Judge, without Aaron Judge and defense, Judge plays defense, and he's amazing at that too. Shohei Otani isn't on defense. So that's another factor. Judge does something that Otani doesn't do. So to me, it's a no-brainer. Judge is the MVP. And everyone who says otherwise, just they should go into a little hole and realize who they truly are because they are not someone who should exist on this earth. Yeah, I mean, I Aaron... Why. I just got dark. <laughs> and Aaron Judge, if he's able to up his batting average in the last month of the season, uh, he's right now, he's number four. He's batting 310 with 19 games left. And Luis Arias is batting 320. If for some reason Aaron Judge can go in a tear and win, and win the batting crown, he will win the triple crown. And that. I mean, it's like this guy. All right, so we, we're in agreement. I'm curious what the listeners think. But Aaron Judge, MVP, even though who knows who's actually going to win it. Yeah, and also, uh, fuck the Yankees. And that. Yeah. So with that, we're uh, skipping a couple things today because we wanted to try to give you the most concise, quick, bit of hope possible and so far i think we've achieved it but i don't mm -hmm. know if we will with this next topic mm -hmm. 
And so this is this big thing going on in the country right now. It's getting a lot of press about these uh, refugees who were in Texas who got flown to Martha's Vineyard. And uh, and again, this is one of those polarizing things where I think the left personally, this is where I think our, like this is a perfect example of where our country is just a disaster because the left is thinking extreme in one direction and the right led by Ron DeSantis, DeSantis is, uh, who isn't even in Texas, is like going the polar opposite direction. To me, there's middle ground. I think the people in Martha's Vineyard, who those kind of people who are like, we, you know, let everyone into the country and all this and that, but then they don't want them near them. I yeah. think those like leftist elites are bullshit. And I think put put their money where their mouth is figuratively and literally and actually own what you say. Don't just talk about it as though it's something the other people should do, but you stand for it like you should do it. I also think what the right is doing and DeSantis is doing is like, a look, we're going to never we're going to send these uh, these people. He's proving his point by literally putting people on a plane where they don't know where they're going. These aren't criminals. These aren't bad people. They're trying to seek soul. They're trying to seek refuge somewhere to keep their families safe and to be put on a plane, not even told where you're going to go and just get let off somewhere. I think that's wrong, too. So I think both sides are wrong. And I do really feel for those people because uh, many people don't have it as good as as us and are just trying to survive and to be thrown on a plane, not even told where you're going is uh, is a la- has a lack of humanity to it, too. So I think both things can be true at the same time. And I don't like the it makes me feel hopeless that people don't talk about it in a way like I think I just did about talking about both sides and saying, you know, there's something in the middle here that should be done. What if I was to tell you that since June, Joe Biden has been putting migrants on planes and flying them all over the country to get them to areas that aren't as crowded? I really don't care. I'm talking about this moment that people sure, are debating sure. right now. But what you're of, trying to do is politicize something that I'm trying to not politicize. I, 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 get I am that. trying, and I gave both sides of the argument. And you said, did. I see both sides. So I don't, what you just did is exactly what I think but shouldn't what, be done. But what the left extremists are mad at is for what DeSantis and Abbott are doing, which is right. putting, but which is the exact same thing their side is doing. See, I'm not talking about the thing. I'm talking about how both sides are positioning this in, in these extreme ways to show these holier than thou va- uh, values, one that's no values and one that's like, we're the most righteous people ever. And I think both are wrong and there should be conversations about but what it. That's is, it. But what is wrong about moving immigrants to sanctuary cities, self-proclaimed sanctuary cities, if when Republicans do it, but when Democrats do it, nobody bats an eyelid? But they tell people where you're going. The, the, this thing uh, about not even saying where you're going is new. Like they're doing it as like a F you so, kind of thing. So it's all come down to them n- informing the exact like city. If you're coming, if you're crossing I think the borders I'm, and as an illegal You're missing my point. Yeah, honestly, you're missing my point right here. 
I'm I, talking I, no, about I, the I, communication I, aspect of both extremes, just taking extreme sides. Okay, and I, I agree with you on that. Right. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. And I think, like, I think personally, I we need to look out for American citizens. I'm a, I, my family spent a long time trying to come to this country, and it took a long time to get green cards. We were legal immigrants. We went through the right system, and then. You know, I think the people right now, legal immigration, it's really hard to immigrate. It's really, really hard to, to actually, the wait for green cards is, is insane. But what we're doing is our borders, you know, we had 30 million undocumented uh, immigrants that had come over, uh, 30.5 that have come over. And then since the beginning of 2020, four and a half million more have crossed the border at the very most conservative of estimates. So what's happening is, and I think these people, they do deserve a second chance, they do deserve lives, but what's happening is the border states, which are the points of ingress for these for these refugees, many of them refugees, a lot of them are just saying, hey, listen, it's way better in the US, of course I'm gonna come here. Um, they aren't able to handle the cities aren't able to handle the schools can't fill the, the, the hospitals are getting too full like it's it's there's not enough work for all of them so they need to be going to other cities so i think that even what biden is doing is right and i think what abbott and desantis are doing is right like they are moving people to where they can be accommodated it's only one size that it's that is saying it's wrong for the other they're both actually both sides are politicizing you're absolutely right That's i think what, what, what the right the right what the what right i feel hopeless about and what you just said are very different. Like, I didn't want to get into what you just sure. wanted to, wait, sure. wait, but you obviously really wanted to say that. Yeah. And I respect you for wanting to say something <laughs> that had nothing to do with my hopeless point. And you said it, but the politicization. So I'm going to just throw that out because I, I didn't want to get into it. Okay. Well, um, then I'll give you some hope. On your on your topic, so the politics right now you made me feel more hopeless because you politicized my non-politicization hopelessness. <laughs> all right, well, all right, the politicization, the politicization, politicization from both sides is is it is there's hypocrisy, major levels of hypocrisy coming from the left and from the right, as evidenced by the fact that no shit because that's what happens. It's terrible, <laughs> and they're all fucking terrible, and I hate them all. Um, but the I think the hope I can give you is that honestly, if you look at just the net net results, human beings that are seeking asylum are actually getting it in places that can accommodate it. Despite those fuck faces in Martha's Vineyard, having only 50 people and all these signs that we welcome everyone. There's no such thing as an illegal immigrant. No one is illegal. And they're like, actually get the fuck out of our town. They're being, there is no I in Martha. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Fuck Martha's Vineyard and all you clowns that support them. Well, um, you know what I'm going to give you, Rowett, for this? What's that? Not a hope gong. Well, 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 no, here's the hope. In. Here's the hope. Oh, okay. While all, despite all the politics, you actually have people that are looking for sanctuary that are getting moved to sanctuary. All right. You know what I'm giving you? A chimpanzee. Racist. And one more. <laughs> you got a toilet. <laughs> but sure, sure. I mean, you, you proved two things. And then we'll do our hope in 60. You proved two things. First thing you proved is that no matter what anyone says, including me to one of my dearest friends about, about my problem is the politicization of it. Yeah. And now everyone's taking extremes. And then you immediately politicized it. So you proved how hopeless this topic is. But yes, at the end, at least people are getting to go to sanctuary cities. So that part is yep. good. 
So you did two things at the same time. And they're so getting I'm, moved by fuck faces on both sides. So that's what it is. Yeah. So let's go into Hopeless. You have uh, a Hope in 60, right? I got a Hope in 60. Um, and Aaron, this just kind of goes back to little Paso Robles. Uh, actually, let me start the timer. So I know we're, we're, we're having a quick show today. Um, but here he goes. Here's my Hope in 60. So I'm just sitting there vibing at the Interpol show. It's actually, you know, they're about to go on. And... Um, and I'm sitting there in the crowd. I'm like, you know what? Let, let, let me hit this vape pen real quick. And then I made a mistake. And I was like, oh, oh one of those. Uh, they're just like they're like flavor pens. Yeah, totally flavored. Yeah, the PAX flavored pen. And I was like, oh, look, I'm going to connect it to the app. And then it's like, oh, downloading firmware update. And the networks were killed out there. So I had to go the entire show while my my vape pen was updating its firmware before I could use it. And it was very depressing. Help find hope there that for the future of having fun simple if anything is technology based that you need to enjoy a concert bring a backup yeah always bring a backup yeah yeah always bring it and that for what i think the effect that you were going for with this there's easy ways to bring a backup honestly i don't know why i didn't think of a backup done hope hope fulfilled hope fulfilled boom that deserves a hope gong. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know why I didn't think of that, but then I just got my pockets full of, um, you know, stuff. But it's, <laughs> it'll be worth it. <laughs> and, and now we have our uh, surprise submission. Are you ready for this surprise? Oh, I, and this is truly a surprise because I have no idea what the fuck is coming. Like, none. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. This guy... Pat Bluff wrote, um, wrote, Aaron, you live in CA woke in La La Land. Newsflash, no one wants to live it like California does. And then he wrote me, uh, I forgot to mention the water shortage and, of course, the governor newscom. <laughs> So let's answer Pat Bluff's uh, submission. Okay. I, I, can I just list off some things that are so amazing about the state that we live in? And yeah. I'm a transplant. I'm from New Jersey, spent my career in New York before moving out here. So California is really, really different. And I love it for the following reasons. Rapid fire. One, the, the food here, the produce is incredible. Two, yep. earthquakes are actually kind of fun if you're in them. Like you're like surfing. It's kind of like shaking around. It actually is really, really fun. Um, three, the uh, everybody's very attractive Four, <laughs> the weather is actually and I hate people to talk about weather, but the weather is actually like just a life. It's like being on vacation every single day. Five, it's a car culture. You get to drive really, really cool ass cars. Six, um, there's a lot of good sports happening here. Seven, every band ever tours here. Eight, there's Hollywood. There's Disney. It's all of that. But also nine, uh, lots of movies and everything is based around here. Ten. Um, I'm sure Aaron has more reasons. Ten, all these misconceptions that the media says about California are basically not true. You can take, uh, you can take any state, grab yes. something from it, and make that what it all is. Like, yep. I live in the middle of LA, and people who say it's a trash-filled cesspool with all, the, come to where I live. It's mainly just fun and awesome, and there's yes. tons of stuff like. There's not like 
and then they say, I would never live in a place with the homeless and this. Come live, like, look around. It's mainly just great. Like, there's, Dude, oh, yeah. you're, you're, you're buying into what maybe it's on Fox News. They're saying about California. It's just not true. They're taking, like, a picture of a pile of poop in one corner of one sidewalk and saying every sidewalk is just filled with poop. It's not true. Amen. Amen. Oh, number 10, every job here ever is here. If you're in finance, if you're in whatever, there's an L.A. outpost. 11, there's palm trees everywhere. 12, you can bring your dogs to most workplaces. Like, I could go on probably for an hour, but we don't have time. But uh, thank you for writing. But this, uh, that. Cap love. Thank you. What a great submission. And, oh, and Governor Newscom, whether you like Governor Newscom or don't like Governor Newscom, you don't have to really deal with him. Because you're not going to, you'll never, you'll probably never see him if you live in California. He's probably, the greatest impact you'll see from him is covid health related stuff which were hopefully passed at this point um and then you know when i was driving up to paso robles there was a lot of farmers with signs up there it's like newsom turn our water back on stop you know sending our water to the ocean i don't know enough to speak on that but it seems like a certain part of the country but everybody's going to be mad at their governor because half of every state is split in every way whatever you know i don't know exactly half but it's a great amazing i think it's an incredible state la is absolutely like LA and New York are two of the most magnificent cities in this country. And if you haven't been, honestly, yeah, it's a little woke, but you know, so it will is. our entire planet be at that. This is unavoidable, but you will love but it. But it also here. doesn't need to affect you. No, it, you just be you. And one last thing to end our show with for Pat Bluff. If he does come to California after hearing all this wonderful sage advice from us, and if he does decide to live here, and if he does meet the governor, I really want him to say, hi, Governor Newscom. Nice to meet you, Governor Newscom. Yes. <laughs> well, and also, hey, if you're in town, we'll let you buy the both of us a drink and we'll show you how great this place is. <laughs> yes. And with that, we have we skipped a few segments today because um, we wanted to give you the most hope the quickest. But thank you for listening. And until next time, I'm Aaron. He's Rohit. And you know our socials, I think, by now. And yeah. uh, hope is dope. Stay strong. Stay alive, stay loving, stay peaceful, and stay hopeful. Oh, what an ending. Hey, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, Aaron. Bye-bye. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless soul, with Aaron and Rogan, whoa.